Welcome to American Redemption, the show where the next generation of American patriots learn to fight back in America's toughest cultural battles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to American Redemption. I am joined today by my co-host, Andrew, as always. Yo, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you as well, my friend. And also joining us today, we have one of our fantastic returning guests, where we will introduce Zach. Hey, uh, nice to be back. And uh, so I'm here to talk about uh, why the Enlightenment is cringe. (laughs) Good topic. Yeah. The Enlightenment's the worst. And, you know, actually, this is going to be a good topic because a lot of people... Like, if you just went to public school, you hear about the Enlightenment as, like, the greatest thing since, like... Yeah, it's like the... It's like the second, like, Big Bang Theory. It's like, oh, we woke up one day and, like, everyone, like, knew a bunch of stuff and, like, the science and... we just love science. We love science and, like, you know, the church... The church is just, like, fractured and, you know, like, oh, wow, like, bang, Western civilization's, like, off to the races and, like couple hundred years later, here we are. Yeah, so we're going to talk about why the Enlightenment is actually cringe. It's going to be good. So I I think I would define the Enlightenment as a desire to um, be free from constraints of the world. Those can come from um, the government you're under, your church, your family, um, various other things, other bonds that bond people together. Um, And once the Enlightenment was... Um, defined as this idea of just consent-based, um, like voluntary bonds versus bonds that you're um, naturally um, related to. And so, I think a good quote that kind of encapsulates this in modern times comes from uh, one of our Supreme Court justices, Anthony Kennedy, in the Obergefell case, where he taught. He said, "I have the quote here." Um, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. And it's and I mean, it explains a lot of the things that we have today. I mean, especially when we talk about sort of the transgender question. You know, it's like people just, as you say, des- designing their own truth essentially. Um, so. Yeah, that's one of the worst quotes of all time. It just is. Straight relativism, it's like a total word salad that means nothing. Right. And and so it's it is it's very vacuous. It's I mean it's literally a it's a vacuum that um, allows you to just define everything the way you want it to be in your life. Um, and it's it contributes to this sort of black hole that will be kind of filled in by something else. Um, and especially a lot of I would say atheism in the world too, because um, um, at the heart of the Enlightenment is this, this, it was this optimism where all these, this flowering of scientific advancements and technological advancements were going to free us from these bonds that we had to um, the sort of transcendent God that everyone was following up until then. And we could just kind of break away from that and just sort of ride, ride uh, our technology and science into sort of this utopia that would, yeah. Yeah, and ironically, even though there's been like better tools for scientists to use to learn about the the natural world mm-hmm. since the Enlightenment, the actual like philosophy of science has changed and made science 
worse. Right. They got rid of the ideas that you could understand the universe. Like the only thing the enlightenment scientists can say is they can observe something. They can't, they can't actually theorize about why something is or what its purpose is that was taken out with the enlightenment. Right. And that's the thing about science that, you know, it's like they'll say about the enlightenment, like, okay, well now we're, now we're using science. Like we used, we used science before the enlightenment. We were able to do science experiments, but the difference was science used to be a tool to learn about the world right now it is literally a religion because we've removed religion and now science has kind of taken that place. Um, and then also the other thing is like, you can't, what we've lost too is this ability to understand um, things that science can't tell you, right? So, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, throw it, put into a test tube and figure out like what, what is beautiful or what's, what's ethical, what's good. Like, you can't just do a test tube and be like, well, is, you know, it's okay to do abortion or something, you know, like you can't know what's true, what's yeah. beautiful, what's good um, just by doing a, you know, an experiment and, seeing if a hypothesis is correct or something, you know? Right. Not all knowledge is scientific in nature. Right. Um, and so the other thing about the, that you see that happens with people that are really into the, the enlightenment is they try to smuggle in one. It's, you know, they have the technology thing and that, that everything was going to get so much better as we learned more and more about science. And we ha- and by learning more about science, we don't have to, uh, we don't have to, use the this super the supernatural um um things of the past we can sort of discard those things because now we can use science that's tried and true and proven but they smuggle that in with this idea that things are going to get much better because of i guess you could say tolerance because these you know all the people were every ist you could be in the past and now we're also getting better because we don't ha- we don't see things that way anymore and those two things kind of happen concurrently so what two things oh i mean like so i would say it's characterized more by one technological advancement but then also sort of um you i guess you could say toleration mm-hmm. um and it comes to be this sort of um what I'll, what I'll call antinomian versus pronomian sort of way of being. So the 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 bonds and um, that that kept you honest. That you know, sort of like a like a nomos is these sort of ordinances. Like you know, everyone stands and takes their hat off for the king or something like that. Okay. Those things kind of started to fall away and became tolerated when people didn't do them. I see. I see. And so they smuggle in the fact that we, things were getting better because of technology, one, but also things are getting better because we're loosening these sort of um, constraints on people okay. that used to be there. That's led to a lot of confusion right. in the modern right. world. Like We're looking at where we, how we've gotten here from you know, 500 years ago and people like look at all the things that have made life better, the scientific advancement, the Mm. comfort, the advances in medicine. And they're Mm. conflating that with these, like these advances in technology. Oh, this must also go along with throwing away these like traditions. Right. And, and so the things that people will like, people will get, you know, ridiculed for one, 
certainly um, that are against sort of the Enlightenment, they'll get ridiculed for one saying that like, um, oh yeah, we're past like you know saying that marriage should should be between man and woman. But also, I think that it's an aspect of the Enlightenment too that has kind of changed life with technology. Now it's there there are you know um, lamentable aspects of of technological advancements that we have to respect as well. Where like you know um, the, there's just like for instance the advancement of the smartphone it changes our lives in good ways, right? But also like. It kind of addicts us to you know be on the screen all the time. Yeah. Or even like, like if we want to go all the way back to like um, creating the like the the book like being on mass produced books. Mm-hmm. Now the printing press. The printing press. Now it's much more a- easier to like propagandize people because everyone is expected to be able to read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think technologies can be considered morally good or bad, or are they neutral? Uh, I think. I think there's certain technologies that could be morally bad. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Because um, I, I was listening to something where they had some philosopher on. He was saying there is not a single technology that would can be neutral. They are all good or bad, and you judge it based on how it changes society. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of tough for me to... It's a, what, you mean purely, like, I, results, like, yeah, driven? I, that's... And I don't know if I can quite buy that, because I look at something like the Internet and... It's got a lot of bad bad effects, but also mm. lots of good ones. So it's really tough to make it. Yeah, black yeah, because it, it's it's mm. one of these things where yeah, obviously there's horrible things out there on on the internet that like kids are being like uh, exposed to like information like just yeah the neurons like going at like a way too early age for them to be like stimulated by like that much like data in right. front of them, but also. You, you look at the fact that a lot of us who were getting, you know, propagandized or, or learning things that were just simply incorrect and we were able to, you know, use use the Internet as a tool and, right. you know, find out things about, like, seed oils and everything that was harming us and we used it to actually better our lives. So, yeah. I think it's... I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, techno, that a technology is either good or bad but i think it's to be respected and like in the sense that you un, you respect like the the effects it can have good and bad right right um much the same way if you're like you have like a pet lion you know and you're walking it around you want to you don't want like you want to respect the fact that it could like eat your face off you know sure um yeah. and so I think it's good to, um, I think an aspect, getting back to the Enlightenment, it's good to understand that there was all this optimism from the scientific advancements and technological advancements, but it changed our lives in some good ways, but it's also good to understand that like these changes came with it, changes to our lives that are pretty irreparable. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good approach. And also it, it contributed to our, our outlook that now we don't need God. Yeah. Because we know things way better than all these like superstitions of the past. Um, and even like going along with that, another big tenet of the Enlightenment was that nature can't actually be understood. That it's just a big mess of wild like material things that mm-hmm. can't be explained. So right. there's no one like there isn't 
God who set them to be this way, to be ordered in a certain way that just happened, right. which has been very dangerous. Yeah, that makes sense because um, these the changes, the societal changes that come from like either technology or social changes, um, it does cause a lot of, I guess, disorder, like societal entropy. Right, <clears throat> right exactly. And, that's that's and, what liberalism feels like. Just yeah, and so so it could contribute to a feeling of like nothing can be understood right because you see everything falling apart around you it's like you can drop a plate it's easier to break a plate than it is to put it back together right. and like when you put it back together it's always always going to be those remnants of like the the, the breakage right because mm-hmm. like that entropy just you know it's really hard to repair once you've broken it yeah and that puts us in a very tough spot as conservatives mm-hmm. or reactionaries or retrogrades or whatever we have to undo the entropy which takes a lot more work going back to thermodynamics to right to go back to the to the more ordered state from the yes. higher chaos state takes an incredible amount of work and in order to do that you have to you know this is kind of like a jordan peterson sort of idea but like you gotta, it, like, it's going to start with you. I mean, it starts, like, the sort of, like, clean your room sort of thing. Because you start, you know, internally, and sort of once you have gotten your life together, you can, that allows you to um, sort of pull other people up that are, you know, yeah. still out outside the boat, and you can kind of pull them in. But yeah. you have to kind of be right. a person that's stable. Initially. And people laugh at Jordan Peterson, make fun of that idea, because it's, like, too basic or too obvious or whatever, but it's... I think it's true, and it, it isn't that obvious. People haven't realized it, didn't realize it for a long time. Like, you can't save other people until you save yourself. Like, if you're in, you know, a sinking aircraft, you got to put on your own life vest first. Yeah. Right. And and he's had a lot more, like, complex thoughts, but, like, that's always the one that everyone goes back to. It's honestly, like, in, in hindsight, like, you look out, like... 30,000 feet like you'd be like wow like that's pretty straightforward that's probably hit the one of the simplest thoughts that he's ever had but it's honestly been like the most true yeah and I think the way you do that is you have to cultivate like in your life this sort of I guess I'll say rigid way of being in a sense that that forces you to respect like what is necessary to be done, I guess. And because we've gotten this way because of a sort of societal permissiveness that's like, okay, yeah, I mean, if you don't get it done today or if you, you know, if you don't have to do this, like, you know, I know you're married, but like, if you just want to like, you know, leave, it's fine. Or I know you were brought, you were brought up this way, but they're probably crazy. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. Or um, I know you're, you're, you know, country, you don't have to like care about your country, like all these sort of bonds that are that you that we we need to stay true to the sort of responsibilities and bonds we have in our lives, and that starts with like cultivating that in your daily life. Um, and but and the reason I think it's so addicting to people to you know like because when you get down to it, atheism is boring, like. It's not an idea. It's atheism. You're, like you're not actually saying any true anything. You're just saying I don't believe in yeah, it. It's a non-idea. Can you right? imagine if they did have to propose their own belief system? Like it would, right. It would be so. People easy try to, to get them to do it, and they're just like they just they're just like 
repetitively like it's a non-idea it's a yeah that's what i'm saying it is a non-idea <clears throat> and so so it's like how could you be excited about something so boring yeah. well the reason everyone's so ex- like when you go to like when you see atheists like i used to be an atheist and like when i when you see atheists they're so like weirdly excited about so, how about atheism but why <laughs> is that it's because they're excited about the bonds that used to be there being broken down. Mm. It means it's exciting because it's kind of like if you're like, have to go to work and somebody's like, oh yeah, uh, you don't have to go to work today. You're like excited because you're like, now I don't have to do the thing that I was going to have to do, right? Now this responsibility that I had is kind of taken away. Yeah. And so it's like that, but imagine like the infinite responsibility you have to God is completely wiped away. Mm. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about this, thinking out loud. You, you have, like, one of those movies or something where, like, school gets canceled, like, one day for right. the kids, and the kids are, like, overjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, like, every day playing over and exactly, over, like, yeah. school gets canceled. Like, if you're actually awake in, in you're, after about, like, the, you know, third or fourth day, you'd be like, okay, well, like, right. that, what, what, what do I do now? That's type, exactly type right, Stephen. The first day, it's, like, awesome. I don't have to do anything. But then after a couple of days, you're like, wait, I'm I don't have to do depressed. anything. What do just, I do? You need yeah. a new purpose. Yeah. They need to propose something new. And that's where we're at now. We're probably on like one week of this. <laughs> They've broken down the right. religious structure. And they're like, yes, now there's nothing. Now what do we do? Nothing to do. Now we're at the what do we do stage. Because atheism is a black hole. Yeah. Atheism is a black hole that needs to be filled by something. And in 2008, 2009, the beginning of like the sort of new atheist movement, it was fine with just saying... Oh, it's a it's a it's a non-belief, right? It's just the it's just the idea of non-belief. Okay, well now what? Well then now all those atheists are not progressives because they have to fill it in with some religion, and mm. that's what they've replaced it with. That's that's a really good analogy. I like that. Uh, now some people will say like atheism is a religion, and the atheists get really mad about that. Like, what do you think? Is it a religion? What is religion? Um, it's okay. It. So progressivism is a atheistic religion, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. Atheism is a way of describing like a right. religion. It's like theistic. But you can have you can have theistic religions. You can have atheistic religions. Okay. Right. That's that's the weird part about like you know um, you can't blend religion and the state or something. It's like well, like it has to be. It's yeah. going to be. There's no way around it. It's going right. to be. It's your way of it's seeing. Like trying it. to unscramble eggs. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, when when you see like the rainbow flag put on someone's building, that's like, a religious that, exercise. That, that, that is that is a religious exercise, and them telling you like this is what we believe in, like right at, uh, on this piece of like territory. And then you see the people with their yard signs, where it's like in this family, we believe in science. We believe, yeah. uh, you know, it's like that's their that's their creed. That's their creed. That's their creed. Their creed. Yeah. yeah, that's so it's. The parallels. They have, are they have martyrs. They have saints. They have yeah. you know priests. In, they're pri- yeah. They're they're priests in in the universities. They have you know, I mean it's a complete yeah. yeah. It's a, just a religion. So interesting. Because atheism is like you know like I said in the Enlightenment people broke down their bonds from God, and it had and it is that black hole. People have that innate desire to worship right, and it has to be something, and so it's going to be filled in. You know, and it's just, I, I would yeah. say also that, like, another thing about atheism is that, 
and this will, this will anger a lot of sort of right-wing atheists. That are, but atheism is inherently left-wing. Hmm. But for for the the um, the reasons I kind of stated about how it's like anti-tradition, it's anti sort of responsibility in a sense. And you know, you can be a I guess a right-wing atheist, but atheism itself, that belief is a left-wing belief. Yeah. Totally. So you're not going to be a true conservative if you're atheist. Yeah. Because you've already given up a lot. You're not conserving something that is right. the bedrock of Western Because state. in order to be atheist, you have to accept that sort of progressive um, <clears throat> view of, the, of history. That it used everyone used to be uh, racist, homophobic, trans... You know, you have to... That everyone was backward. And then we gave up, you know, our bonds to... Um, you know that these constrained bonds to God, and then we move past that, and everything got better. Yeah, I mean, you, you that's have to you have to accept that fundamental tenet of like viewing history, and you accept the Enlightenment outright. And the right, Enlightenment right. here's three things that the Enlightenment rejects that only Catholicism can fully explain. Right, uh, nature is moral and free. If you are an atheist or an Enlightenment thinker, you don't have any framework for morality. Mm-hmm. They've tried, but it doesn't work. All you have is is materialism. Like, people are just going about their days being because of, like, random chemical reactions in their brain. There's no actual morality in that system. And then you also can't believe that nature is intelligible or meaningful, which means you can, like, use reason to figure it out because it's all just random chaos. And if it's not intelligible, then it has no meaning or purpose. Right. Those are those are like the three uh, natural law tenets that the Enlightenment rejects. Right, um, and I, I think you know, like that sort of acceptance of nature um, that you described can also kind of go back to the the governmental aspect of the Enlightenment too. That was like. You know, man is supposed to be, um, to be, like involved in the act of governance, right? And so, one of the big innovations, I guess you'd call it, of the Enlightenment was the idea of um, sort of machine-like governance. That we could, we were going to write down all the laws on this paper, locked and loaded, and it just runs, and we don't have to worry about it. And then we check back in two hundred years later. And it's run by just complete flaming progressive liberals, right? And so um, that was very, it was easy to be optimistic about that in, you know, in the 18th century. But um, the executive (coughs) began to lose more and more power. um, And um, we lost that sort of great man. um, Because, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of um, progressives nowadays, you see it a lot in like st- study of history now where people are opposed to the great man theory of history, right? And that, that society, that history is governed, um, that moves through the, the stories of great men that do things, right? They want to emphasize like, oh, just like the masses did things and like, um, but really... The, the people rose up and then one yeah. day everything was, everything was, yeah, this very revolutionary yeah. style of... People are led by great men, right? And th- th- those great men decide what history is, right? And 
Um, yeah, that that's 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 very interesting, and, and, and I think that goes back to what you're saying about it's necessary to accept like naturalistic um, influences, right, in the world that man is supposed to um, make his mark on these sort of um, governmental um, levers of power. So. Um, like what was it like before this idea of, of self-governance and setting up a constitution? Did people never like write down what a system of government should look like? Uh, people, people did. I, I guess it was um, the... Okay, so people did, I guess, write down like... Um, this was like, was it the English... Civil War. The Magna Carta, when they came up with that. Yeah. And um, I think what happened was, though, that it didn't allow for, I guess, it didn't allow for absolute power. Right. So, so there was less let's talk about absolute power. Then. There was like, less why? accountability. So you, you would say you're a proponent of, of an office where there's absolute power? Um, well, I'm agnostic when it comes to monarchy versus democracy mm-hmm. I guess but I think the liberal democracy can only work if you have a virtuous people and if not then people will um, <clears throat> make the wrong decisions right. because absolutely immoral people is yeah. a requirement for yeah. I think for any system you gotta have a moral well, I mean it was that's like one of the, the famous quotes of Adams is saying that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was for a moral and just people. Yeah. When we talk about all the problems that we have now. The people need to be led. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's what the church is for. Uh, that's what government's also for. I don't know if I... I mean, we could just end the government... <laughs> and or, um, and I, I'm being flippant, but like you know, there's a middle ground, I, right? That requires prudence. But like, um, people need to be told like what is right. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And the government exists in order to educate and, and guide that sort of the populace, right? The purpose of gov- and this is the the motto of Missouri is. Uh, Salus populi suprema lex. You know, the the welfare of the people will be the highest law. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, that is the purpose of government to guide the welfare, the the, the virtue of the people. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a suitable goal for government to ensure the welfare of the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I believe there's like morality should be a part of government. There should be. Um, you know, there obviously should be laws about morality. So then I guess it is interesting going back to the the Adams quote. Yeah. Um, like, what is it about our system that requires a virtuous and moral people to work that it, other systems wouldn't? Like you said, you think if there was, um, like, some absolute power that it wouldn't require a moral people, like a system could work even if the people were depraved? And degenerate. Um, well, every, every style of government will work worse with a degenerate people. Um, but the goal is then to figure out how can we get this 
completely destitute, morally degenerate populace back on its feet, you know? Um, and so I think there's a, a, a mistake in, in, uh, in the way libertarians consider um, um, sort of political power in the sense that, like, if it, a lamppost falls down, you need to apply force to get it back up, right? right. But once it's, on its, once it's at its highest, it's like standing stable, and you don't need to apply pressure to keep it up, libertarians will look at that and say, all right, so the correct thing to do is to not touch it and it'll stay up. Um, but in reality, it's only, if it's there, it's gonna fall down again. You need to like keep applying pressure to like right. keep it up. Um, and so I think this comes back to atheism in the sense that um, people have this sort of ontological and this moral belief of the innocence of man and that if left alone you know if we leave god if we leave our government that and they're you know we don't accept we don't consent to the power that they have over us that everyone will sort of go about normally right the belief that better. people were basically good yes yeah which is the entire uh that's the base of christianity is original sin yeah it's like, the entire Opposite in Catholicism, yeah, we we talk about original sin and man man is man is fallen in nature, and we have like the the age old sayings like from I don't even know where it started, but they say like idle hands are like work of the devil, mm-hmm. and it's true. Like when you're not you're not doing anything or, or working towards like right. Yeah. The, the will of God, you're like you're yeah. regressing. I think that's what like, like the early stories in Genesis are trying to say. Like after one generation of leaving the Garden of Eden, like brother starts killing brother. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, and and it's not pleasant to think about, but like our government is um, headed primarily by financially and sexually blackmailed uh, people. So, yeah. So, um, so the idea that you know we're completely innocent. You know, we we kill thousands of babies every year. I mean, with I think we don't have enough force applied to you know from the levers of power that are necessary to kind of right the ship. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a it's a failure of understanding of cause and effect to think that if we allow if we take our hand off the wheel that things will get better rather than worse. Yeah. I mean, we're only just dragging our feet like slightly slowing down the decay we are not mm-hmm. doing anything to write it at this moment yeah this is something that i think the left is at least i get that they're 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 driving in the wrong direction but they always encourage government intervention to push their goals in the right direction whereas we have this kind of like battered syndrome on on the right where it's like any type of government intervention or anything that the government does like the government itself is like inherently bad when it's when again like it's it's an individual's thing within the government like if the government would do something that would again benefit the welfare of the the citizens as a whole, it, it would be a good thing. Like if the government did like some sort of 
I don't know, thing that's implicitly right wing that I was like, wow, like this is actually like a net positive for the citizens. Like there would still be people on our side being like, can you believe this government overreach and like. Yeah, right. Government can be good or it can be bad. It, it, basically judge it by its actions and it's the fruit of those actions. E exactly. Uh, we're going to put religion and politics, or really going to put these higher ideas to the side, right? We, we, we were going to talk about just practical things. What's the right tax code? What's the what's the right amount of you know punishment for this thing? Or that? We weren't going to talk about. We we're going to put everything aside that dealt with um, religion. That was like a very optimistic thing. I mean, there's a lot of optimism when it comes to you know removing these things, as I keep saying. And we were going to just put religion aside and not have it influence anything and then all of a sudden you know it creeps its way back and, and this is incredible because I hear this from some of the smartest people that I know like oh I separate my religion and my politics and, and I'm like well that, that'll make you some sort of idiot because like <laughs> if like <laughs> if your duty to you know God, family, country, like that that's the hierarchy of your life. Well, it should be God, then your family, and then your 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 country. And you know, politics falls like right there. Yeah. I mean it's, it's so stupid. Like, it's pure. Oh, I separate my religion and my and my politics. Well, no, your religion should Well it's it's like that thing from Carl Schmidt in political theology. Yeah. It's like all politics is theological, yeah. Because th theology is your your view of the world, right? Yeah. And so you have to base any political <clears throat> statement on how you're viewing the world, what what exactly. your view of the world is. I think it's hyper individualism to say that you can separate anything from politics, because like that example you just gave of the hierarchy lays it out very clearly. Like, let's say somebody said, "I'm separating my family from my politics." Right. That <laughs> to everybody sounds <clears throat> extremely extremely ridiculous. Like, of course you want to use politics in a way that would benefit your family. Or, or even crazier, I'm separating God from right. my family. Like, yes. you're damning your family exactly. to hell. And because by God, we're talking about, like, you're part of the body of Christ. You want to separate your politics from the body of Christ? It's absurd. It's just as absurd. It's absurd. It's like saying that you, I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm going to cut my hand off because it's not my head or something. Yeah. Um... But I think that is easier because it allows people to kind of not have to fight the battles that maintain society. It's true. Right? And if we can, it's kind of people shrinking away from doing the, the difficult things in society, right? Having to be like, yeah, this is not allowed. We're not going to be permissive in this. We're not going to be permissive on this topic. Right, we're not going to allow this, you know, yeah, we, marriage we, law. We're, we're not going to allow you to do this because getting back to the sort of pronomian versus antinomian idea, where pronomian is like, you know, pro ordinances, pro um, traditions, pro, and antinomian is this battle against sort of degrading those things over time. And in order to fight that degradation, you you know, you don't. It's like now we have this sort of rust that has kind of happened. It's degraded yeah. it, and in order to like fight that, you have to be active each day, and you know, yeah, um, resisting that. Yeah, it's so. the it's the entropy. It's such a good such a good um, metaphor for it. Right, and and I think this also gets back to 
um, like that enlightenment idea of separation of powers where it was it was again this this novel idea of you know power is not going to be centered all in one king right we're going to separate it between a maybe executive and then a legislative body and maybe a, a system of courts but really all that is is the government when it comes down to it there used to be um, a backstop that would like competing forces of let's say um, the family or the yeah, church right the, there's there's powers outside of government even like the 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 moose lodge or like these these organizations that existed outside the government were a buffer that required the government to kind of respect them. No, notice that there's no more organizations like outside the government that are like allowed to have any teeth. Like the Boy Scouts used to be for like young boys and like now they don't even let like they, they don't let that be like an all like boys organization. Like tell me an all men's like organization that you know right now that that like has power and influence that like really like would have any teeth to go up against like the uh yeah the, the, the apparatus well it's it's because those things are like essentially neutered by yeah people, right they they don't have any real power to go against the the progressive regime it's it, i think it's because of that kind of high low middle mechanism from bertrand to juvenile where it's like any sort of client that's like in the middle will you know, be degraded, right? And that was that was the family, that was the church, yeah. and those things have kind of been degraded, and now they're they're not able to kind of backstop the the government. Do you think the left still has separation of powers in a way? Like they have their because they have multiple institutions, they have much of the government, and then they also have the finance world and the media. Like, is that a kind of separation of powers, or is that just no, an illusion? I actually think it's it's like a it's very decentralized. But it's all one. Yeah. It's like a weird thing where Harvard and Yale are maybe separate institutions, and the New York Times is like separate. But when do you actually see them have a different opinion? Right. Right. There, there's this weird thing how they're always coordinated, like this weird hive mind that is always um, yeah. on the same page with each other. Right. So it's decentralized. So it would seem that they're separated, but they. In practice, they're all just one thing. Yeah, you know? and and all their debates are literally just on the the fringes of how far we should go off the the rails from the current. Right. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, should right. we allow? Should the drag queen have purple hair or pink hair? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. crazy. So, how do you get actual separation of powers? Like, because I think that idea still makes sense to me, even if it's not like. Yeah, maybe you don't want it just in the government. Maybe you do want it in more multiple spread across multiple institutions. What would that look like? Like you have the powerful church, and then you have that competing with the government's power, and then. Well, I think it starts with having strong families. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, everyone kind of that runs in this knows that the left hates the family because that's the thing that removes their power. They're trying, because you know the. The first thing a cult does is try to take you away from your family, mm. make your family seem like they're evil and they're not supporting you in this. And that's what they try to do with, you know, this, right. this sort of social media. The leftist cult, yeah. the, the social justice warrior cult. Because they like, always tell, like, when you come back from college, they're they're like, 
Oh yeah, my my uh, my dad is just you know if your parents are at Thanksgiving and they say anything racist, you should tell them and you should not even go talk to them. Yeah. Or, or, that was so crazy. That girl who went to. I believe she was a college student. She went to her father's funeral and and said that he supported like President Trump and he was all of the the isms and is right. and everything and like I'm glad basically like I'm glad he's dead. Right. And that's just like the that's, it's just heartbreaking the, to the, see. Yeah. Wow. That there's that in, into this cult that it just clouds their their ability to love. You know, and I think that gets back to. Again, the sort of revolt against these constraints that people have, yeah. where yes. um, they hate love. This title, this book, is perfect for what we're talking about. This book is called that book is so good, dude. Revolt against reality. Plug it right which now. Which was given to me and Stephen by our good friend Kevin. Kevin number two, I believe, because um, that's what enlightenment thought, liberal thought is. Literally is. Oh, that that is right, such like, a good book for the topic. Because I think. People try to deconstruct the idea of love way too much. Like, for instance, if I were, like, if I were, if you were to ask me why I love my mother, I would, I, I wouldn't like come up with like, well, she, um, she was pregnant with me for nine months, and then I was born, and then she gave me, you know, food, and I would just be like, because I love my mother. Like, that's what that's what it means to be alive, right? Yeah. And if you ask my mom the same thing. She wouldn't like. She would just be like, "Cause I do like." And I and I think when it comes to these bonds that we have, that's the way you should approach it. It's like, why do you love your country? You don't love your country because like they have good like roads or they have a good government or they have good food. Yeah, like that's yeah. It's you love your country because it's yours. You know. Yeah. And and it's like I was saying like the the G.K. Chesterton quote. Um, yeah, you love you love your your. You didn't, your they you didn't love, love your home. Rome because it was good. It was good because they loved yeah. her. You love your home because it's your home. All these people that are like materialistic, like oh, I love my home because it's worth like one point five million dollars. Like no, I love my home because it's a home and it's where I, I live and I've, ma- I've made it a home. Yes, it's actually it's it's pretty funny. It's like the liberal stereotype of over intellectualizing everything like right. imagine them <laughs> just deconstructing trying to explain like, why they love their mother um actually it's because my um neuroreceptors <laughs> I have neuroreceptors <laughs> I have dopamine when I, you know. <laughs> I release dopamine and um other neurotransmitters when I see my mother because she fed me when I was young like <laughs> well they they just they there is that sort of um like mental masturbation when it comes to like science that that liberals have also because you get that sort of like big bang theory style of like pride in being a nerd which is really weird yeah oh yeah um which is kind of weird like a nerd is like i don't know in the culture it's weird that it's kind of flipped and it's become yeah, now More jocks are like the 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 people who get bullied in it's culture, really funny. right? Yeah, but like, and all, but I think you know, here's a random thing. Like, I think, I think girls are right to like jocks. They shouldn't because, all right. So jocks are in the moment. They they like are willing to be, um, like willing to involve themselves in the moment, not like in this sort of esoteric sort of thought process all the time. And jocks have lost. They've lost before and they 
Like, no one gets through, like, a football season without having lost a game. Nerds will get through all their life and just have won, like, a bunch of, like, math competitions. And these people haven't really lost in their lives. And now you get people like, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried that, you know, you when you listen to him talk, it's clear this guy, this is a guy who's, like, never lost. He, he asked the one girl that was working with him, you know, if she's ever made a bad deal. And she's like, you know what? I've never lost money on a deal. It's like, you know what? Like... It's, you need to lose some of your life, you know? <laughs> yeah, failure is okay. Failure is, it's often good. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think... Yeah, the whole intellectual class uh, the, themselves, yeah, they've, they've never... Oh, because this, the system's so rigged, it's all propped up for them and everything. They've never experienced, like, the the the, the, the true pain and, and loss of that, like, the people of, you know, middle America have, like, you know, losing, like, one of one of their grandparents or like their dad right. their dad loses his job like at the mill or right. like yeah you lose like your 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 baseball your t-ball game or something like they've yeah. they've never they've, they've never grasped that and right. so yeah i and, see what you're saying and so i think the those people saw the way the world was going with you know this infatuation with like scientism and and they saw that they could be the the sort of oracle of of society right because that's now we worship science and so now people like that worked in the nih for their whole lives never had any sort of um you know, no one ever on, said anything bad yeah, about yeah. them. Now they're going on TV. They were okay. and talking about you know everyone's like what are we, what are we what are we allowed to do today you know and he's like well you're allowed to go to the store <laughs> you know? yeah yeah like there is no world where Neil deGrasse Tyson should be popular <laughs> yes. right yes yeah I forgot what I was gonna say I well, completely lost my train of thought when he was talking earlier I had I had a thought and then we kind of went went down that road but. It's specifically biblical when we talk about, like, why they they can't, like, explain love. Because in the Bible, it's explained that God is love. Right. And so when they reject God, like, outright, they're also, in a sense, they they can't explain love because God is love. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to say as well. I'm glad. Thank you. Uh, There's this, like, tendency now to want to explain, like, everything. Like, you can't just... You can't know something intuitively. You can't reason something unless you can, you know, explain it with like a peer-reviewed a study. peer-reviewed study or something. But like, we know love is just because <clears throat> we are human beings with reason. Like, we don't need to. Yeah, I love my mother. Do you have a source on that? Yeah, <laughs> and that's something that the like that's another thing yeah. that you lost with the enlightenment. Right. The enlightenment doesn't think that you can use reason to understand the environment. You can only do it through observing scientific things which which ironically it all started with this like fetishization of rationality of reason you know it's like all those like new atheists yeah we're like oh uh all the you know all these supernatural things we can cast them to the side and we can get through it just on reason alone you know yeah which is it's interesting it's like and now now they've come full circle so now they're they're reduced to only be able to discuss things with these appeals to authority because that's what a study is it's an appeal to authority right. you go um okay uh i have this study from you know so and so from jama or from you know nih or whatever now this study 
FDA did approve this, so now it's accept. Like all these yeah. things are appeals to authority, which right. is what they were trying to escape from before. Is like, oh, you're going to go ask your church what you can do? Absolutely well, right. It's not an appeal to logos. Yeah. It might right. look like in right. science, so you might think, oh, that's not right. an appeal to logos, but it's not. It's not like a series of rational arguments no. right. proving something. It is some scientist did this thing and wrote up a paper, and they're and now, now they're more credible than the one that right. said the other thing. So that's true. Um, so what is missing from this reason culture? Because Aquinas was, you know, big on reason, but mm-hmm. he said reason together with theology. With faith, yeah. Yeah, faith and reason together. So that's what the new atheists are trying to do. They're trying to use reason only, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, so now they've brought in a new faith. What's missing is humility. Hmm. Um, and they have none of this. Right, because... At the heart of all this sort of enlightenment stuff, is like I said, you're unwilling to submit yourself to these constraints of the world that are put upon you, right? You're an American citizen. It's not like you can really, I mean, you could maybe move, but like you're an American citizen. So what, what does that require? It requires justice. And a subset of that is patriotism. You are, you are, you need to show loyalty to your family. You need to show, you know, like you have the bond with your family. You're a son, you're a brother, you're, you know, sister or whatever. Um, that, you're born into that. And so a lot of people just don't want to even consent to that. So they think, well, if I don't consent to being a boy, then I'm not a boy, right? And from that is this pride that you can decide what voluntarily, what constraints you're going to consent to and which ones you're going to um, not submit to Because you're so smart. Is, right. in fact, one of the seven deadly sins is pride. Right. The deadliest. <laughs> and so I would say that that, at the, that is at the heart of the Enlightenment is mostly like this pride that we can just decide for ourselves which things we are going to allow um, for our society. Yeah. What philosopher... Is that a philosopher quote? The pride cometh before the fall? Who, who said that? Is that Milton? I don't know. I'm, I'm, no. I'm trying to think. It just just popped into my head. I yeah. thought it heard it well, for know, a while. Well, I know um, in John Milton in Paradise Lost, he, Lucifer yeah. says non servium, which is I will not serve. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he gets mad that that God's going to create man, and he rebels and he gets flung from paradise. Um, and so that is like when people you know people would be like, well, it's. You know, it's not like Satanism doesn't mean you're actually worshiping Satan. It means that you just live for yourself and do what makes you happy. It's like that is like the definition <laughs> of Satanism, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Satan wants people to yeah. worship him. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, a cool quote I heard was that the only thing that you can be better at than the devil is humility. Right. It's pretty cool. Yep. Because I forget which saint said that, but yeah, he's like, you can't. You, you can't like outwork Satan. He never sleeps. You can't like train Satan because he never tires. You can't, you know, outthink him because he's way more intelligent than you are. But the only thing you can possibly do is be is humble yourself more because the ex- his existence is defined by pride. Right. Yeah. This is the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Anything else we want to discuss? I, yeah, I think. Um, Last, I'll just say that I think the way out is kind of cultivating those sort of pronomian practices in your life and 
um, and like maintaining and, and the goal in a in a whatever style of government, whether it be a republic or a mon, the goal is to bring back sort of the traditions that will maintain a society, um, and those things require day to day, you know, moment to moment care, and that if you just think that we can just you know allow it to happen you know it'll be overtaken by um people who aren't who are sort of not good actors so yeah true good stuff i would like to second that by saying our call to action is to you know look into the enlightenment um andrew has a couple good reads in front of him revolt against reality that he plugged before and catholic republic by tim gordon which we are referencing and i would say um after virtue by alistair mcintyre is also um good in this on this topic as well about the enlightenment good but and there's a video i'm trying to find that i'll put in the description if i find it where it's bishop Barron like looking at four very influential philosophies or philosophers in the last couple hundred years so like enlightenment thinkers that was really good if i find that i'll put that in the link oh and one more quick thing uh the american redemption backpacking trip is coming up it's gonna be june 9 through 11th it's gonna be sweet it's gonna be in like the shenandoah mountains in virginia and it'll be like a friday to sunday i'll put a link to the interest form in the description so just interest form right now you know it's not you're not locked in and we're going to keep it to a pretty a smaller group under 15 and uh most of the spaces are already filled up we got like 11 or 12 people or more interested already so be quick be quick and yeah just to close Lean into all those things that we were talking about earlier. Don't be ashamed to have labels in your life, to be a, to be a friend, to be a, a brother, to be a, uh, a, a son, be a man. Don't, don't cower at the, the labels that life has cast on you that we have known for thousands of years to be just true and correct and just em, em, embrace your 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 heritage in in this country and just you know Does your the culture will need to be won back it will be need to be reclaimed and it can only happen through honest and um, forceful sort of change of yourself right in a, in a virtuous manner yeah a true repentance it's required in all of us so I think with that we'll uh, we'll sign off um, sh- like share follow us on all the platforms that we're on and uh, we'll see you guys next time.